Have you ever felt like life is passing you by? As you age, it feels like somebody's stepping on the accelerator. Stop, stop, stopping on the accelerator. If so, you don't want to miss today's episode of the No Sitting on the Sideline Down podcast, episode 128. I'll be talking with Jody Wellman, creator of 4,000 Mondays. Jody helps people to find themselves and create a plan for living a meaningful life. Today, she'll share some stories and explain what is 4,000 Mondays and what it can do for you. She'll also reveal her tools for taking control of your life and facing death with courage and dignity. So let's dive into this episode with Jody Woman. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. If you're anything like me, you're probably guilty of occasionally taking life for granted. We go through the motions daily before we know it, years have gone by without us living. But it doesn't have to be that way. Today on the podcast, my guest, Jody Wellman, the creator of 4,000 Mondays, a life-changing program for people who want to live their life with purpose. In the program, Jody talks about how to live life worth living. Jody is a recovering corporate executive who dedicates her life helping others find happiness, fulfillment. She has a master's of applying positive psychology in the University of Pennsylvania and believes everyone should die happy with no regrets. Welcome to the podcast, Jody. Hey, thank you. I'm excited to be chatting with you here. You know, it's interesting too, and I, I find it fascinating what we were talking and stuff about 4,000 Mondays. Yeah. But I, I'm kind of curious, why do you believe everyone should die happy with no regrets? <clears throat> well, there is a belief, I think, as a positive psychology practitioner that, hey, don't we want to live lives worth living? And that's relative, right? And so your version of a life that makes you feel like at the end it was worth living might be different from my version, which is different from the, my next door neighbor. And that's okay. So I don't have an opinion about what exactly the recipe is. I have an opinion about the ways to embark upon it that make that it's all relative, but that I think most of us do have a desire deep within us. It's not just a will to live, which is sort of a natural human instinct, but it's a will to live in such a way that we feel like we did our lives justice. You know, that that we participated and that we showed up and we did things that felt fun and meaningful and that we don't get to the end with that. I always think about the pangs, you know, the, the feeling that I, and that's one of my greatest fears in life, to be super honest, is getting to the end with that, with pangs of, oh, these are the things that I wished I had done. And so I think a lot of people are also a little bit oof, afraid of that. And so that's my mission is like, let's, let's prevent that. It's almost like, feel like you're saying, start from the end and work your way backwards and, and, oh. and, and create a life you really want. That is so perfectly put. You know, I think Stephen Covey that once said, you know, begin with the end in mind. And I take that a little literally, right? <laughs> I say, let's go all the way to the end, not just the end of a project, but let's go all the way to the end and then say, hey, how do I want to be remembered? What's my legacy? Or how, again, would I feel really proud that I lived a life that makes me feel like I was alive, that I was showed up as a good parent, if that's applicable, you know? And so then that does allow us to work backwards and then 
kind of reverse engineer a life that makes us feel delighted. Well, one thing that's interesting too, how did you come up with 4,000 Mondays? Mm -hmm. I mean, because how did you do that? I was kind of curious. Yeah. So men roughly live on average till 78. Women get a few bonus years. Women roughly live till 83. And so in order to just kind of average those together and to roughly an average of around 80 years, and then it works out that we get 4,000 weeks to do all sorts of things or to do or to not do all sorts. We could either squander that time or we could savor it and, and, and live it in a way, again, that we feel really excited about. So that's the average for, for men and women in terms of our- How did you get involved in some of this topic? Because did something happen to you to make you just- think about this? Yeah, great question. I have, oh, I've always been just intrigued by this idea of what I refer to as like the absurdity of life, right? It's not news to anybody listening to your podcast right now that we are in fact going to die. So that's, that's not news. But it, it's always been something that has rankled me with a, wow, you know, we live such a generally short amount of time and yet we fret most of the time and we're trying hard and we're, we're striving and and yet, wait a minute, we're going to get to, there's going to be an end. And, and so in my interest in positive psychology, I didn't realize there was actually a scientific study around this concept that around, I knew that there were death studies and I, I don't want to talk a lot about death. I want to talk about living. And fortunately, there is a lot of research and literature on the good life, which is positive psychology, but there is also a lot of stuff out there, which kind of empirically backs up that when we look at something as rare or scarce, it's called temporal scarcity. If we look at it as something that we're not going to have forever, then it does tend to sit us up straight and go, well, wait a minute, I better not, I better not take this thing for granted. All of a sudden now I'm perceiving this thing as so much more valuable and precious than I did you know, before I actually counted my Mondays down. And so that's why I'm a big advocate of let's do the math and calculate how much time we have left. Because for most people, it does act as a little bit of a wake-up call that I think we we most, we need. Well, it's funny too. I always think about it. Um, I, I, I have my son older, when I was an older age, and I'm always thinking, going, all right, I got 10, 20, what would be 72, 90? Oh, man, oh, that's a little bit. <laughs> I, I try to get the most of the time I have with them. And stop thinking about all the way to the like in the future and stuff like that. But yeah, one interesting you were talking about how about you know about the time and stuff. But people who have near death experiences, they always mm -hmm. seem to have a change of mind on what's really important in life. Oh yeah, you're spot on on that. Some of the most motivated people that I've ever worked with are the ones who have had what what many of us describe as oh that's so unfortunate you know, that you had cancer and good news, you're maybe in remission, or it's so unfortunate that you, you know, almost died in that car accident. The doctor said you were within an inch of your spinal column being severed. And, and we don't want that to happen to anybody. And yet, I'm going to be really honest. When I hear them talk with such crystal clarity about this sort of refinement of their priorities and this very clear vision of here's how I want my life to be now, now that I almost lost it. In a way, I think I don't feel sorry for them that they almost died. I am envious that they did almost die because now they have this absolute sense of urgency that 
again, most of us just don't really get a chance to experience. And so that's partly what I think is how can I take people and shake them? Not violently, but how can I shake them and have them have that experience of wake up to life? Because again, it's finite. And let's let's slip out of that autopilot perspective that I'll have time later to live. You know, people that the people that I know, I'm thinking of a gentleman right now who had prostate cancer and he beat it, but it came back and he had his prostate removed. And he is an example to me is a complete model of how this often works is he realigned his priorities to match his values. And so he sold off his part in his business. He's now getting involved in, get, getting involved in the arts community where he lives. He's arranging his time so he spends more time with his son who is overseas in Korea doing work. And his life before prostate cancer, number one and two, was very much go, 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 work, work, work. I'll get to it later. And then it now it's crystallized for him. Like, this is the stuff that matters. And so that's what I want for all of us, but without the prostate removal. <laughs> Why do you think sometimes people get stuck in autopilot and, and, and in the zone of, and then and, and need something to get like almost get hit by a bus to wake them up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I think it's very natural and normal. So on one hand, you know, I talk about it like I scoff at the fact that we do it and I do it. I mean, I am a queen of autopilot. That's why I think I'm so motivated to do a lot of what I do is to help make sure I get back on track with living. We do it too to cope and adapt to life around us because there's just so much going on, right? So many stimuli that are that's occurring. And so we need to adapt to the good and the bad. We want to come back to this kind of homeostasis and comfort zone that just feels like it's maybe a little bit, we can anticipate it, not a lot of sort of shakeups and surprises. And in our equal quest to achieve and to do a lot of work, for example, it does end up lending itself to a routine. And so like the classic Monday to Friday routine for work, for example, and then you get into a routine when you come home and and some of those things can serve us until they don't, until we end up feeling like, wait a minute, Thursday looks a lot like Wednesday, which looked an awful lot like Tuesday, which was, wait, everything's a blur and is my life passing me by? And so we we have to come up with routines to cope and to manage all the things going on, but then they just end up not serving us because we do end up not making the conscious effort to shake things up. Well, can the can habits be dangerous though? Because the certain habits can they, they ruin your life or can make things a little more difficult for you? I believe so. Yeah, I don't think there are a lot of habit advocates, and I will like I I will I respect you. I will will share a meal. <laughs> we'll, we'll enjoy our time together. And and I agree that habits can be good when you're initially starting off a habit. Like like if you're getting new into parenting, for example, right? You want to come up with a bit of a routine that serves you about how you're going to handle or you're you know, your kiddo goes off to school. Hey, let's get into a habit where you get to do your homework. And then we have a routine about cleaning up. And we have, those are good things that help us keep life on the rails. And I do think that they are dangerous, Joe, when we do end up all of a sudden becoming a slave to them. So how many times have you found yourself doing the same thing, for example, on a Saturday morning? I know it depends whether you've got soccer or not going on, right? But how many times, for example, is it that you click into this sort of thing? Like maybe it's driving to work or doing the work you do or an evening routine where all of a sudden it feels like 
you lost track of time. What happened with my time? We're often, we, we, we go into autopilot and that's mindlessness. And so my proposal is we don't have to shake things up and make everything a party every day. I mean, well, please, that's just like, it's already exhausting to think about. But, but we do need to stop and analyze our habits and say, how can I tweak this? How, how do I just try something a little different, even within my habit, just to shake it up a little bit? That's, that's the novelty we need in order to really feel alive. Well, some, I mean, some people have a hard time feeling alive because, I mean, they get stuck in that rut and, and they just can't get out. They're, they're stuck. What me some advice maybe to help people move forward? Yeah. Unless there's something clinical going on, which is its own, you know, very different situation that some people need to get some help with. I work with a lot of people on helping them work with therapists and doctors in order to really come out of something that they just feel like they can't emerge. Separate from that, a vast majority of us do find ourselves in versions of ruts. And often what that looks like, I think the first step is to diagnose it, you know, is to be able to stop it and say, wait, where am I in that little bit of a zombie zone where I do do the same thing again and again, or this part of my life feels like it's flatlined. You know, maybe my, my friendships have gone a little bit stagnant or, you know, maybe actually my health is feeling like it ain't so healthy these days. So I think it's identify where you do feel flatlined and or stuck. And then I think, because I had this framework and a way of looking at our lives in that we're very interested in living longer. And I hope we all live longer than 4,000 weeks too. And yet the idea that I think of is widening our lives and deepening our lives. So not just lengthening them, right? And to widen our life. Yeah. Sorry, were you going to say something? Well, I was just kind of curious myself as to how how does this apply to your life? How did you apply this? Because you, you help others, but how do you apply it to your life? Yeah, I have to get really conscious with it. Yeah, so I am a homebody mm -hmm. and I love, you know, my idea of a really great Friday night is cozying up on the couch with the husband and the cat <laughs> and ordering in food and watching a movie and like rock on. To me is like a life well lived. And, you know, it, <laughs> that is, you know, sometimes it means maybe we should make a reservation and go out. Or maybe we do, you know, my, my, my husband has a work trip. He's going to Park City in Utah for a work trip. And it's a lot easier for me not to go join him, right? There are a lot of logistics that have to happen in order for me to go and make it work. And, and it's about overcoming the fact that it's easy not to plan to engage in life. And to say, you know what, let's do it anyways. Let me take a flight at 6 a.m. on Friday and let me meet you there. And yeah, we're going to work in the day, but we're going to have a neat dinner out. Or we may even order in, in the hotel on Friday night per our usual routine, but it's going to be a very different routine. And so for me and what I notice with clients and, and, and groups I work with when I do talks and we, we kind of do workshops is it's consciously stopping and saying, where is there an opportunity to add more aliveness? And again, back to that kind of framework about widening is through vitality. And that's all the things that we might do that are fun experiences. It leads to pleasure. It's all the tastes and all the places we might visit and all the fun experiences with people and all the joys and stuff. And then the deepening is with meaning, where how can you add in more purpose and connection more of the substantial aspects of well-being, right? And I literally have to stop and look at my calendar 
this sounds really unglamorous. It is the least sexy stuff out there around living this astonishing life. But unfortunately, this is this is the way I've actually found it works. Look at the calendar and say, okay, what do I have coming up in the next week, in the next 30 days, and in the next three months that I'm actively looking forward to? That makes me feel like this is a neat experience. This is kind of, this is going to be fun. So that's the width, the widening of our life with vitality. And what is there something that I'm looking forward to that actually feels like there might be some depth? Like, wow, I can't wait to have like rekindle that social connection with guests that are like friends that are coming to visit next weekend. You know, something that is on the horizon. And that for those of us that are, let's just say, prone to living a life of perhaps even an introverted sort, or if you're a homebody, or even if you're just busy and you lost touch because it's COVID, COVID, post-COVID, and we've lost the, the rhythm of living, what do you have calendared? What is scheduled so that it's on the planner, so that it will happen? Because good intentions, oh man, don't you have good intentions about places you want to go and visit and travel? And, oh, definitely, definitely. Right? I, have, I have plenty of places I'd like to go, but, <laughs> but sometimes life life gets in the way. and, and and feel like you missed out on a lot of things. I mean, I, yeah. I, I want to share with you a little an experiment of uh, life and too about living because I'm, I'm, you know, everybody's busy and stuff. Yeah. But I, I remember I was leaving a retirement party and I was driving down the street and it was, and this is a town near the ocean. And I happened to drive by and I see a guy on a porch looking over the ocean this is in the evening. And man, I wish I was him because no, look at him. No worries in the world, relaxed. And, uh, and just taking time out and enjoying life instead of being so busy. And it's something I, I just, it, it was like, oh, I wish I could take a picture of that and put it on the wall. That's oh. what a moment that was. <laughs> you you painted it so vividly, Joe, that I can see it and picture it. And there's a, there's a, it's so evocative. There's a feeling about what, what is it? Is it that you want to get to that headspace of just feeling like what you're relaxed? What is it? It's more like just relaxed peace, have peace, peacefulness, relaxation. Mm-hmm. It's more like, <laughs> I like that sound. Well, you were reminding me, I met somebody last night who, so I, so my husband and I moved part-time to Palm Springs, California, which was a big thing for us to kind of step into one of our dreams. Cause you know, when you're living in Chicago, it gets a tad chilly, you know? So here we are in Palm Springs and I meet this gentleman who says, we just moved here. He said, my husband and I just moved here a year ago. We were living in Phoenix forever. And we always wanted to retire in Palm Springs. And he said, we're not going to retire for another 10 years. But we stopped and said, why don't we just take a step towards what we want? Like, why do we have to wait until we turn whatever age we're going to retire? Why don't we go and start living the life we've always dreamt of, which I know is part of a Henry David Thoreau quote. And, and that's, I think, the spirit. And that's the image I think you just sort of painted is that we can actually access some of these dreams we have for ourselves now and that to me feels like i get i get a little berserk like it makes me feel really overcome with wait a minute don't wait you know why not do today start taking one step towards something that might make you feel more alive today rather than postponing it definitely definitely and another interesting experience it's one of the experiences i want to share a couple of things too Good. is my first time we know the publicity summit that we both were attended and my first time going there and uh, I took a chance. I took a chance to go in there. I went to New York City the first time and meeting every, and, and, and actually participating in the, in the summit. Okay. 
Okay. And that was a huge jump. And I was like, I got to do it. It's I'm, I'm going to enjoy my life a little bit. I jumped and I, I have no regrets. I had the best time and the greatest people. Oh, what a good example. And so it sounds like you, you initially were unsure about whether or not to go. Cause why? Because it was nervous. Cause I was, you know, being part of the media, I'm a podcaster. So and me with the, with being the other people who are from mainstream media, TV and stuff like that can be a little bit nerve wracking because you're like, do I really belong here? Should I be sitting yeah. at the table? Who am I? Having all those thoughts and stuff like that going, what am I doing here? Should I just leave? Because they might figure out who I really am. <laughs> they're going to be on to me. Imposter syndrome going, yeah, I get you. Yeah. They're gonna, this game's going to be figured out pretty quickly. I'm like, and, 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 and it was great. I have no regrets. And I had, I had fun and I keep returning all the time. They, they keep inviting me back. So I guess I, I'm okay. <laughs> oh, well said. Well, and yeah, well, I just want to say before you articulate so well that many of us don't engage in things that we kind of yearn to because we are afraid of what people might think or that we might fail or that we might get rejected or all the things that we we play it safe. And that to me, I mean, I identify with this personally, lots of clients I do, the, the adage of let's play to win rather than playing not to lose. And so playing safe by staying home and not engaging because maybe the other media, like then we miss out on opportunities and most of us can handle it when we're in the moment. And then we benefit because we do like, it sounds like you, you, you came alive and now it's creating all this opportunity for you. So what else, what else were you going to say? No, I just found it was fun. It was fun. Mm -hmm. I, I got, I got back and I was like, yeah, yeah, this is great. I had all the energy and I'm bouncing on like I had 10 cups of coffee. It was the best experience. It, it's one of those things that jump, take, take the up, jump. And jump. you never know what's on the other side, jump. Oh. And oh. it's one of those things, living life. And sometimes when you, life gets in the way and you haven't, and sometimes you got to do it. You got to do it because that's when the opportunities arrive. Oh, yeah. And one thing that was interesting too, is you also have like your website, 4,000 Mondays. You have also an e, like a quiz. And I took the quiz and I had, I okay. had the, I came up medium. I think it was medium. That's what I think it was. That was oh, my, my answers. But I found it interesting yeah. too. I like, I like how it was set up. I, I remember you mentioned to me during the preview, like doodling, I think. Remember doodling? Yep. And and I yep. see that, I see that a lot on the website. And I think that's awesome. And what kind of courses and stuff do you offer? Like how, like what things you offer on the website? Oh, thanks for asking about it. Well, there are some easy things like there's a calculator to help people calculate how many days they have left if we're not interested in wasting our time doing the math. And then there are resources where people can kind of get some articles and questions to ask yourself. I do have an online course that is available all year round for people. To, it's called How to Live Like You Mean It. And it, you know, we we talk a little bit about this idea that, yeah, okay, life's short. And it's less about the end and then it transitions pretty fast into more about the living, right? Like all the domains of life. How do you want to maximize? What might that look like for you? How do you want to, you know, let's size this. You don't, like I said, you don't have to live a crazy wild life, but what does that look like for you? So the course is there. I do mostly workshops and keynotes for any kind of team or event. And that is like, that to me is, that's the live winning part of my life <laughs> is getting to hopefully inspire people in groups. And I do some one-on-one -on -one coaching. You know, if somebody wants to be able to say, hey, like, can we work together for six sessions just to help kind of get some priorities going and map out how to live life more fully? Because most of us, we're not taught how to do that. And I think we have a little bit of, some of us have some shame, like, shouldn't I be able to figure this out? 
No, just like we're never trained to figure out how to get a job that is the right one for you or to organize your life so that you actually love it. So that's the way I like to work with people. Well, it's funny too. You figure we're always learning. If you stop learning, <laughs> then then it's not a good thing. You're probably not breathing. But <laughs> life is a journey. I mean, I feel like, like sometimes I say, hey, listen, I'm my age. I'm 47. I'm like, I should know this by now. Well, why should I know um, it by now? Because I never taught it. I got to learn. Um, I learn and take yes. advantage of learning different things. Sometimes I think sometimes life is throwing things out the wall and see if it sticks. And sometimes it may stick. It may not and move on to the next thing and try something different and don't feel bad about failing. Oh, thank you for saying that. Cause so many people, excuse me, that I know are want to get involved in something that might again, give them more of a spark and that feeling of life. And yet, so maybe for some, there's a, there's someone I just spoke with who said, I really want to get back into two things. Running, I used to do that 15 years ago, he said. And I want to get back in the musical instrument he used to play. It was, is it trombone? And and he's like, but, you know, when I go outside, I don't want to run because I don't, like, I'm not going to be where I used to be. I'm like, well, right. Yeah, you won't be. You're probably going to suck. And that's okay. Because at least you're <laughs> going to be out there and trying it. And then he's like, in the trombone, like, I, I mean, I don't want to, the sound is going to just kill me. I'm like, no, you know what's going to kill you? is not doing it and getting to the end and thinking the trombone is freaking fun for me. And I want to do like, go and try it and do it and suck badly, suck fabulously. And then you might get a little bit better or you know what? You might not, but at least you get to go to bed knowing that night I gave it a go. And you know what? The trombone isn't for me anymore. I think I actually want to go and try the drums. And that <laughs> then is great because it leads you to the thing you might want to, or maybe running, no, my running, no, I, 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 my knees can't handle it. But maybe what I want to do now is actually try rock climbing, whatever that might be. Give it a go. Like you said, just like jump into it. I love that. Well, <laughs> I guess that would have been final thoughts because I, I you mentioned that. But wrapping up, where they can connect with you if they want to find more about you and more about your programs? Well, 4,000mondays.com is the, is the place. And I love anybody that wants to, you know, reach out on the contact form. I love, I love chatting and contacting anybody that is interested in the topic. So 4,000mondays.com. Thanks for asking, Jeff. Thank you, Jordy. All links will be in the show notes for this episode. I really appreciate your time and I, I really enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Oh, right back at you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all the show notes over at notesittingonthesideline.com. And if you want to reach out, you can find all the contact information over there. Until next time, take care. God bless. See ya.